we gotta start this proper like <laughs> yeah yeah all right here we go dumpster fire sports this is episode six week six nfl 2020 it's the df show with the frostiest takes on these dfs streets i'm your host the man with the I was going to say plan, but I don't actually have a plan. BG in the place to be on Twitter, at Brady Goodman. Also, riding with me, JKNKC, Mr. Joe, Big Doe Joe is what we call him in the listener league because he wins them all. Wins all that much. He uh, does that Twitch thing as well, JKNKC. Joe, how was the come up week five in uh, DraftKings? Week five was a little tough for me. Why? I mean, the cash lineup barely got there, and most of them ended up splitting the uh, splitting quite a few of them with the last uh, few people men cashing it, and uh, GPPs were not my friend. <laughs> was it because you were listening to your own advice that we gave away on here? What happened? I mean, obviously, I was listening to my own advice. I only play the plays that I'm talking about. Uh, but, I mean, the GPPs, I, I got a little away from what we were talking about on here, and uh, it didn't go so hot. Let's talk about the Listener League. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. You can find the link on our Twitter feed, Dumpster Sports, or in the um, Facebook group that nobody uses. Uh, Listener League last week was won by your favorite Twitch streamer, your second favorite, I guess I should say, Joe. Your second favorite Twitch streamer, uh, the Ginger Ninja, right? The Ginger Ninja, yeah. Yeah, he came through with the uh, 148, won by less than two points over Wakeboarder, 1023, who finally cashes after being one of the few outsiders in our league. Uh, The... uh, Ginger Ninja, actually, this is how bad our listener league is. He won it with three snowflakes. Caught that snowflake from Lamar. Caught the uh, snowflake from Ceh. Caught the snowflake from Zacchaeus. But that only cost him three grand. Uh, up top with Davis on fire, Slayton on fire. His defense, though, that's just sick. Got twenty six out of the Ravens' defense. Over Cincinnati, 27 to 3. Zeke with 23.5. Wake Border in at second with a very similar lineup. He had Lamar, he had Zeke, he had CEH. Uh, Zacchaeus also in there. Was this dude listening to this show? Because he had a lot of the same plays Davis, the Browns, Slayton, and more. Down at the bottom, the man who we're missing this week, our comedic relief. <laughs> Our uh, guy that's going to get us canceled, Shark Daddy, didn't break 100. He took a zero from Mo Alley Cox. Took uh, He had Dak in the lineup, he which did, we all He know. did get unlucky with some injuries with uh, Deontay Johnson and Dak. Both that, this down. is true. This is true. And that's what happens. So first, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Um, awful. Dude, I don't even want to see that video. I'm worried that I'm going to come across it on Twitter. Did you see the replay of the injury? I saw it live and oh. couldn't stand it. Like I saw it the first time, told my wife that she didn't want to look. She looked anyways and then regretted it. 
and we're just listening to Tony Romo over here saying, hopefully it's a calf injury. Dude's <laughs> foot sticking out to the right. Like, oh. not a calf injury, man. It was a compound fracture, right? So the bone yeah. busted through. Mm-hmm. How sick is that? That's awful. Now, I'm hearing that the guy will be back in six months. What do you think? I mean, I, I, mean, I hope for his sake that he is because he didn't sign that long-term deal with the Cowboys. So, I mean, Alex Smith came back, so anything's possible, it seems like. He's definitely younger than Alex Smith, so he's got a shot. Um, how do you feel about the Red Rocket as his replacement? You know, I don't hate it. Uh, I think I think the Red Rocket is going to get Michael Gallup a little more involved than Dak was, honestly. Um, he's always had that bigger receiver to throw to. Uh, I know A.J. Green is now dust, but back in the day, he liked throwing it up deep to A.J. Green, and that's kind of Michael Gallup's game. So I think Michael Gallup could be sneaky over the next few weeks. So what about uh, Schultz, who I have in season long? Uh, we thought he was going to be something, the tight end for Dallas. What do you think the Red Rocket does with him? Any idea? I I don't know that – I mean, I can't remember who the uh, tight end was in Cincinnati all those years, but I don't feel like he was putting up ridiculous numbers, and that just could be me not thinking about it because A.J. Green overshadowed everyone in that offense. Right. But, well – I sure would appreciate some throws to Schultz. I thought Schultz was going to be the guy, and he's uh, he's fallen off. Kind of like Tyler Higby, who had that three-touchdown game. Where'd he go? He Bruh. hasn't even been getting routes lately. Not the guy Dude, you want to be playing in DFS right now. The only time I've seen him in the last two weeks was on a milk carton. <laughs> Where is he at? Paging I, I nothing. No Tyler idea. Higby. All yeah. right, so uh, the – What's the league called, by the way? Uh, the league is called Dumpster Fire Sports 2020, if you want to look it up. Or, again, find it on uh, – I'll put the link up on our Twitter feed, Dumpster Sports. All right, we're going to pick out three games, and then we'll talk just specific plays. Real quick, Joe, because we're recording this on Thursday night, the big news here locally and across the league is Lev Bell coming to Kansas City to play with the Chiefs. If you're a CEH uh, owner in season long, uh, how do you feel? As a Chiefs fan, how do you feel? What do you think? How do you think he'll mix in? I mean, if you're a CEH owner, I think you definitely got to be worried because he was getting, what, 70% of the backfield touches, if not more. I I think that's now a 50-50 split if he's lucky. I I think he might not be the number one guy here pretty quick. Wow, that's a strong statement. I mean, yeah, you drafted him to be – I mean, you drafted him in the first round, so clearly you think he's the future. But I think Lev Bell's got some gas in the tank. I I think Lev Bell was looking awful because his coach is awful. Adam Gase might be the worst coach in football. That's wild, man. So you really think – you think Lev Bell will be starting come – Fantasy playoffs? I think he's at least 50-50 split in carries sooner rather than later. By the way, before we get to the first game of the week, I hear that uh, baby, what is, what's he, month and a half old? Not even, like a month and maybe a week. I hear him in the background hollering. He wants to talk DFS, bro. 
He's probably got better takes than us. <laughs> how, how old will you like teach him, get him into some fantasy? You think nine is too early? Oh, no, it'll be before then. I mean, come <laughs> okay, on. that's what I like. All right, uh, pick a game. Let's talk about it. All right, so my favorite game of the week so far, and uh, it's feeling more chalky than I was hoping it would be uh, when I was first looking at this, but I am loving the Lions and Jaguars game. The Lions and Jaguars? Yeah. Okay. Why? Yeah. For some reason, Matthew Stafford at 6.3K just had, I think, his best week of the season uh, going into their bye week. Got an extra week to prepare for the awful Jaguars defense. Uh, Kenny Galladay's back, so you can easily stack uh, Stafford with Kenny Galladay. You can stack him with Marvin Jones, who, uh, I mean, who knows when that dude's going to show up. But every time that somebody thinks he's going to not do anything, that's the week that he goes off for two or three touchdowns. He's got TJ Hawkinson, who's a little pricey at 5.3K, but, I mean, you could get up there. And then you can always run it back with one of these Jacksonville guys. You can run it back with a James Robinson against this awful Detroit run defense or uh, LaVishka Chenault, 5.2K, getting all I the love. Some, dude, I love some LaVishka. I have him in season long, and I'm waiting. I'm just waiting to be able to plug him and lock him in uh, week by week. He's had some good weeks, he, but he so far only has one touchdown and one red zone target. Um, he's getting decent targets, though, eight, six, and six the last couple weeks. But he had eight targets, seven receptions, 80 yards last week for 14 points. That's not too bad. That's not bad at all, especially at the price that he's at. He's at I mean, just he's over at 5K. Five yeah. Yeah. Um, and w- I mean, when you're building your lineups, you're, we're always trying to look for people that can get there just on volume. Like touchdowns should just be a extra little boost to your guy. But we want to get somebody that can get to that 3K from just yardage and catches and stuff like that. And I think LaVisca can easily get there as he's been doing most of the season. So Marvin Jones, though. Four catches, four catches, three catches, one catch. And those four catches, those were two games without Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 1.9. That's a tough spot, isn't it? It's a tough spot, but, you, I mean, you got to remember, Kenny Galladay is out here stretching the field. He's going to be taking their best corner. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't have a best corner right now. I think they have three or four people sitting out. Uh, on IR or just injured in general. So I'm not afraid of this defense at all. I think Marvin Jones could – I mean, he's going to bust out one of these weeks, and I would rather be on him early than late. Yeah, I mean, I was on him early just because I knew Kenny Galladay was out and he still didn't perform great. Um, The over-under in that game is 54. I've been thinking about the over-under, right? How often are you targeting these high over-under games? I think that's definitely where you want to target your uh, stacks, especially if you're trying to run a game stack, which I've been trying to do almost exclusively on my GPPs. Um, I'm picking a quarterback with two receivers or a tight end and a receiver that I like, and then bringing it back with somebody else. Um, So I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to target these high total games as much as possible, unless I can find just some ridiculously priced people in other games and then I might game stack that game but 
More often so than I, not, I'm looking for these higher total games. I'm clearly horrible. I keep playing the defensive points allowed versus high target guys, and that isn't working out for me. Why is that? I don't really worry about defenses too much. Like we see all these red and green and all that stuff. Right. Up and I down love the left those side charts. Or the right Dude, side. I love those. I mean, yeah, it's pretty colors and everything, but I, I don't need that. I mean, you know what I know? I know Kenny Galladay is a good receiver, and I'm not worried about who he's going up against. Mm. He's in a high total game. He's going to yeah, get the targets. Wait, he's got wait, a high wait, target wait, share. Wait, wait, wait. He's going to get force fed the ball. Wait. Put that man in a lineup if you like wait. him. Last year, you were like, whoever, whatever tight end is playing the Cardinals. Well, yes, because the Cardinals just gave it up like nobody's business. So There's you're not totally that, discounting that. Well, no, no, no. But that's not my that's not my first reason to go to somebody. Like sure. Atlanta is awful against running backs, both out of the backfield, like catching the ball and just in general rushes. So if I if I'm looking at Alexander Madison this week and I'm looking at another running back that's somewhere in the same range, like a Mike Davis and I'm completely 50-50 on them, then I'm going to go, Atlanta's awful against the run, and I don't. I can't remember who Carolina's playing off the top of my head. Chicago is Chicago, good defense, so I'd probably play Madison. Okay, you brought up the game that I want to bring up as our second game of the week, Atlanta versus Minnesota. Pretty tall total at 54.5, similar to what you just mentioned in uh, your game. Now, we have... Two offenses with a lot of weapons, and anybody could go off. This is another one of those situations where, again, aren't we just throwing darts, picking like who's going to go off here? Because look, if you're looking at pricing, Madison and Thielen both over 7K. So, how do you choose what's going to happen there? That you just, you got to kind of create a game script, how you think the game's going to go. So, if if you look at the over-under in this game, Minnesota is supposed to win by four points, according to Vegas. Um, so you can either say that that's them getting out to an early lead, and that could easily be through Thielen. So, I mean, it is what it is. Or you could say they're out to a lead and the other team's chasing. So you want to take the passing offense against them in Atlanta, so maybe stack a Ryan and a Calvin Ridley and then have a Madison coming back because Madison's going to be on the team that's winning and they're going to be running the ball and running the clock out. Could you, is it too much to stack three Atlanta guys, two Minnesota guys? No, you can do that. If you uh, think this game is going to completely shoot out, you could, you could go a quarterback, three Atlanta guys, and – two Minnesota guys like you could just go completely ham on this game. If you think it's going to shoot out and be that much high, higher scoring than every other game. I still think Todd Gurley's underpriced at 63. Uh, now he started off a little slow with a 13 and a six, but 15, 19, 25 last week against Carolina 25. He gets there way easy, right? Um, also, speaking of charts, I know you don't want to talk about the matchup charts, but the number one wide receiver versus cornerback matchup advantage this week is Calvin Ridley versus Cameron Dantzler. 
Uh, he has the best matchup rating against, uh, according to Roto Grinders. Um, so I love Calvin Ridley at this spot. I definitely, I mean, I definitely love Calvin Ridley every week. Um, it's just a matter of if you can find the dough to get up to him. Um, Todd Gurley, I, I don't hate as a play. Um, I think last week he was, they finally targeted him. He had five targets last week, which he hasn't seen all year, I don't think. I don't know. He had five right. targets in week one, but sure. since then he had zero, two, and one. So who knows if he's going to continue to be a part of that passing game or not. And that's obviously something that elevated him quite a bit. He got an extra seven points from receiving. Um, but, I mean, he ran 14 times for 121 yards. I, you don't expect him to keep up that efficiency. Um, but um, he but, could. Dude, he got red zone attempts. Five, five, four, five, and three. It's a lot of red zone attempts. I, I agreed. I mean, Carolina is also – like the worst defense against running backs, which is why I was trying to target Kenyon Drake the week before playing against Carolina. But obviously How'd that, that work didn't out? work out well. Right. Dude, I'm telling you, get off that Kenyon Drake train. I'm off. I'm off the Kenyon Drake <laughs> train. You. After he, after he failed against Carolina, I am off. So, look, I love this Atlanta-Minnesota game, but my head's spinning from all these options. If uh, if you had to spend your last five dollars on stacking this game, what's your stack look like? Are you which side of the ball are you going with? Oh man, um, that's tough. I mean, I I hate Matt Ryan this year. Matt Ryan is just yes, he's killing it season long. Um, plus he's six point six k. I mean, that's gross for Matt Ryan right now. So I think I'd rather go Kirk Cousins. Uh, get a little bit of leverage off of the Alexander Madison uh, play that I think is going to be pretty chalky this week. So you mm-hmm. could go like you could go Cousins, Thielen, Jefferson, mm-hmm. and get all of that passing game in and bring it back with a uh, Ridley. Can I double bring it back? Yeah, of course. Ridley and Gurley. You could, yeah. Um, Julio but, definitely out uh, as as of when we're uh, recording this. I have not heard that Julio is going to be out. Um, I, I would prefer Ridley if Julio's playing. I mean, if Julio's playing, I, I like Ridley that much more. Um, hmm. You realize he's $1,100 more. Yeah. Okay. But everybody looks at Julio as still the number one on that team, and he's going to get the best corner who – is like us a dumpster fire uh but that just means calvin ridley gets the number two corner and he's been getting targeted like he's the number one so i'm all in on calvin ridley if he if calvin's there what about uh irv smith super cheap tight end for minnesota five targets four catches last week for 10 points um only gonna cost you 2500 you mixing in mixing him in on your stack or no yeah, I mean, I definitely think he's worth throwing in there. Uh, at 2.5K, he's going to be that Zach, uh, Zacchaeus or whatever his name is, the Jeff Smith play. Um, but honestly, it's a better play if you're playing a minimum price tight end than if you're playing a minimum price wide receiver. Sure, because they're even cheaper. Well, they're, they're even cheaper, but also the top tight end is going to get you what, 15, 20, 25 points, top wide receiver could get you 35 or 40. So you're just 
creating that bigger gap when you play a 3K wide receiver that goes for zero in comparison to a 2.5K tight end that goes for zero. Pick the third game of the week, Joe. Which one are you looking at? I mean, I think we got to go for this uh, battle of the old guys, right? Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, five and a half. I mean, that over under is just ridiculous. Look, I think Brady shows up in big spots. He wants to play well against Rodgers. Green Bay is just, dude, their scores have been kind of nuts, haven't they? Um, Again, I'm in the same spot. So many weapons, so many options. What are you eyeballing? I mean, again, this is kind of a game script thing. If you, who you think's getting out early? Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams stack is always in play because Aaron Rodgers just loves to throw the ball to that man, and no matter what his price is, he can always pay that off for you. Um, the Tampa side is a little tougher to figure out who you're stacking. Um, if Mike Evans or Chris Godwin are out, then obviously just play the other one and be happy that you're getting a ton of targets. Um, I don't hate Ronald Jones this week. He got targeted a lot last week, I feel like. Um, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was more than normal. So if he's going to continue to be a part of that passing game like that, I am all about that. Yeah, last so Ronald- two Last two weeks, he's got nine and five targets, and I will eat that up all day. It's kind of impressive for a guy that costs 6K while he's also getting 17 and 20 run attempts. I mean, wow. Right. And I mean, yeah. When we're looking at our running backs, that's what we want. We want those guys that are getting 20 plus touches. Here's the thing, though. You just never know who who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to. They always seem to find some guy that they just drug off the street. It's like they go to a bus stop the Monday before the game. They're like, you know how to catch a ball? And <laughs> somebody like you've never heard of always seems to do well. Where are you at on uh, Tanya? He was uh, flavor of the week there for a little bit, right? To – uh, five and six receptions over the last three weeks. Obviously, just went crazy with uh, 33 points. He's only, what is he? He's going to cost you a 51 hundo. How yeah. do you feel about Tanyan? That price is just way too high for me to go back to him. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, with guys like Irv Smith on the on the table this week for 2.5K, uh, I, I'm not going to play 5.1. I'm not doubling Irv Smith's price to go get Robert Tanyan when Devontae Adams is back. MVS will be there. They're still going to throw the ball to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Like He could easily be the fifth option on this team, and that's not somebody I want to play 5.1K for. Okay, let's talk about Tampa Bay's tight end situation, um, you know, because Gronk, right, is obviously there, but he's been dusty at yeah, best so far this season. Cameron Bray, 3,500, who had six targets last week, five touches, only uh, 9.4 points. But, I mean, that's not a bad price, 3,500 for somebody that could uh, – 
catch more than one. Um, any of the tight ends for Tampa Bay? I you mean, for, hey, if you're not picking, listen, if you're not picking Gronk, you're kind of contrarian, right? I mean, I think I think any if you're picking any of these guys, you're kind of contrarian. I don't know that any of these Tampa Bay guys are going to be that. Any of these Tampa Bay tight ends will be that highly owned. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe. Looking at Roto Grinders, the only person in this game projected at more than ten percent ownership is Aaron Jones. Devonte Adams nine point eight. Chris Godwin nine point eight. Ronald Jones, 7.2. Robert Tanyan, 6.8. What do you think about that? You like a low-owned, right? Oh, I definitely like low-owned guys. Um, I, I think Devontae Adams is going to be low-owned because people are going to want to pay up for these running backs this week, and they're just not going to have the money to get up to Devontae Adams being the highest-priced uh, wide receiver on the field or on the slate. So, I mean, as soon as you click Devontae Adams' name, you're already different. Okay, so real quick, since uh, we talked about our games, then who are you looking at for cheap running back so you can afford Devontae Adams? I mean, you got to go with somebody cheap, right? You got to, you know, you spend all your money on Devontae. So what are you doing as far as uh, cheap running backs? So this week, like I said earlier, I like to attack Carolina. Yes. So – I like David Montgomery this week, mm-hmm. 5.8K. He's under 6K. He uh, kept coming up for me. He's getting so much work now that Tariq Cohen's out. He uh, just got ridiculously targeted last week. I think it was his uh, career high in targets last week. Let's see. He had seven eight. receptions on eight targets last week. So, But only 10 run attempts. Who's Who's running the ball there? They're just not running the ball for whatever reason. Stop. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're not running. Holy cow! Okay, they're. I love uh, David Montgomery too. They're letting uh, Big D Nick sling it over there. Yeah, they are. Uh, so another guy that I am loving is Miles Gaskin. Mm-hmm. He's another cheapie. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are supposed to be winning that game after they just kicked the crap out of. San Francisco last week. Who? Yeah, there's did. no reason to not believe that they're going to do it again against this awful Jets defense. They are nine and a half point favorites. Um, it's a home running back. He's favored. He's getting almost all the touches. He's getting the inside the five touches. He's in the pass game. I mean, this is the perfect spot for Miles Gaskins to have a good game. I mean, two guys under. 6K, easily you can afford Devontae Adams when you do that. Yeah. Can I throw out a horrible take? Extra frosty for you. You ready for this? Let's hear it. Frank Gore. Now that Lev Bell's gone, I'm telling you, Frank Gore, if if new, if new the Jets are in a game at all, give it to Frank Gore, let the dude fall forward, run the clock till there's half a second left, and do it again. That's what I think is going to happen. I mean, if you're in the game at all and you want to slow it down, Frank Gore is the way to go. Dude, the guy is $4,000. And he had a game where he had 21 run attempts. That was against San Francisco. Two targets. Where are you at on Frank Gore? 
I mean, I don't hate the fa- the Frank Gore call at all, uh, especially for that price. Uh, I'm thinking LaMichael P. Ryan might be the guy there, though. Stop. Stop. Not yet. Not this week, right? I, I mean, I don't know, man. I know it won't be Ty Johnson this week. He is just coming into that offense this week or maybe last week. Um, I mean, it's going to be between Frank Gore and P. Ryan. Uh, to say for sure who's going to get it, I would lean Frank Gore, but I would say uh, P. Ryan could easily get the pass down work there. And if that's the case and they're nine and a half point dogs, uh, I mean, he could get a lot of run this game. Dude, he's run the ball total 15 times a season. Yeah, but he's not been the third down back or the pass catching back because that's been Lev Bell's role. So now maybe he's going to be the pass down back, the third down back, because you can't send 97 year old Frank Gore out there for all three downs every time. Dude, with him, age is off the table, right? You've seen like the meme where it started and where we are now. It's the same picture of Frank Gore. As far as I can tell, the dude doesn't age. So I, I'm with him. Um, real quick, before we let you go, deal with your crying baby that you're like a. You're like a seasoned vet. You're like the Frank Gore of dads at this point. Uh, you're just letting your baby cry in the background, and I love it. That's that's what I do. I'm sure the three love it too. <laughs> I've got three of my own. One could come down here bawling right now, and I could ignore her. That's something that you gain as uh, as you go on as a father, that, that ability to just shut them off. Where are you at in Denver? With the running back situation there, it sounds like Philip Lindsay's coming back this week. Um, didn't have a great first week because he got hurt. Where are you at with that situation? Yeah, man. Philip Lindsay, 4.3K. Uh, Melvin Gordon, most likely not playing this week. Uh, I mean, I think you got to be all in on Philip Lindsay. Maybe not. Seriously? All in. Don't, don't play Don't play like a ton of him or anything, but I, I'd at least throw him in a lineup or two. Him over Royce Freeman? I think so. I think I mean, Philip Lindsay is clearly the uh, guy that they want running the ball there. Uh, I think Royce Freeman's probably in better game shape, but uh, Philip Lindsay, not a bad play for 4.3K. I mean, Melvin Gordon had 23 run attempts last week. They're just going away because he got pop drinking and driving? Putting other people's lives at risk? I mean, I would be surprised if the – I'm honestly surprised the NFL hasn't suspended him already. But But innocent until proven guilty, Joe. Geez, what are you, communist? (laughs) I mean, I feel like going 30 over in a 35 is uh, pretty guilty. Not a great look. Pretty guilty. (laughs) Okay, good. You made me feel good about my two – uh, extra frosty takes for you. All right, that'll do it. Listen, again, the listener league right now that uh, Wakeboarder is essentially the only outsider in will be on our Twitter feed, Dumpster Sports on Twitter, and find us on Facebook. We need to pump up that Facebook group chat a little bit, Joe. Get in there and do some work, man. Talk some trash, okay? I'll see what I can do. Post your wins from the league and show people what's up. All right. Uh, My for, uh, wins. Yeah, show them. <laughs> show them what you're doing, dude. Spread that money around, right? Uh, for uh, the man we're missing. The man 
on uh, he's like uh, on Melvin Gordon's suspension at this point. It kind of feels like uh, Shark Daddy is on the loose this week for him for JKNKC. Uh, listen, I'm BG from Laser Shark Studios. Uh, this is Dumpster Fire Sports. Thank you for listening, Joe. Good luck this week, buddy. Good luck, man.